The Paul Kuharski Podcast is a production of Vocal and is brought to you by Pickers Vodka, Tennessee's first craft vodka. It's music to your mouth. Greetings from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm at the convention center on Radio Row at the uh, 2018 NFL Scouting Combine. It's Paul Kuharski of paulkuharski.com. Welcome to a new edition of our podcast. I am here thanks to 104.5 The Zone uh, for Midday 180 broadcasts, um, 10 to 2 Central Time. Uh, we had a jam-packed show to, uh, on, on Wednesday. We'll also broadcast from here Thursday and Friday. So uh, the buzz you hear in the background are uh, other media outlets doing some radio shows, some podcasts and the like, and still some things being set up for the public end of things, which uh, also takes place in this room. I'm looking to my right where there is a uh, bench set up with 225 pounds on it and some bleachers where some fans will have paid money to come in here and watch guys bench press, which baffles me. Uh, Madison Blevins is immensely popular and immensely busy. Therefore, she's unable to join me for this broadcast. We will miss her but we will soldier on. So um, Mike Vrabel and John Robinson were among the uh, numerous coaches and general managers who spoke on Wednesday um, in the, in the media room. Uh, There are more tomorrow, though it's not as heavy a day and a handful on Friday, but players start coming in soon and the attention turns from the the focus on team officials to uh, the players that they'll be interviewing here. Um, and so the Titans, I believe, start those interviews uh, right away. And um, John Robinson was telling us on the radio today he tries to throw guys off. You always hear these stories. Guys are so well prepped now to come into these interviews and not be surprised by anything and uh, be able to give well-crafted answers that they've rehearsed. So like a lot of people, John Robinson tries to ask them questions that will surprise them. He said if they pause before they answer, that's a good sign because he's made them think about something new. Vrabel said there are times where they'll hear a buzzword in his asking a question and start to give their canned answer before he uh, even finishes his question where he'll have to ask them to let them go. Now, Robinson said that they play uh, good cop, bad cop. The, the two of them. But Robinson then, of course, said he wanted to play the role of the bad cop. And Vrabel later said that he likes to play the role of the bad cop. <laughs> uh, so that would turn into bad cop, bad cop. He said, uh, Vrabel said, no, that they would not do bad cop, bad cop. There will be a good cop. So I imagine they'll bounce off of each other, play off of each other. And um, oh, to be a fly on the wall. Coordinators in there too. I don't know how limited they keep it in terms of scouts and the like. Uh, they had kind of streamlined it, but uh, so I don't know if position coach is in there or not, but the coordinator will be in there talking some of the football stuff as well, and the Titans have 15-minute meetings with a lot of guys. Uh, and a lot of guys go in there, and all they want to do is, is talk enough to get themselves to the horn, which indicates it's time for you to shift to the next room. Uh, so I'd love to hear what's going on in there. Um, talk to Vrabel a little bit about playbooks. So his staff now uh, spends, it sounds like, half the day kind of in offensive and defensive meetings where they're working on these sorts of things. 
putting together uh, playbooks, which will be finished at the, at the very latest by April 9th, because that's when players uh, officially show back up in Nashville and when uh, off-season activities begin. And uh, they're able to, to, to start to get guys those books at that time. And um, so uh, that's another fascinating story there, the crafting of the playbook as they put together uh, a Dean Pease offense that will be quite familiar to Vrabel and Pease. And then Lafleur looks to build things that are like what the Rams do, like what the 49ers do, but also tailored to a lot of the talent um, that they inherit. Uh, and Vrabel uh, has not been in those meetings maybe as much as he would like to be. He spent a lot of time lately getting to know everybody in the building. Mike Keith uh, was telling me a story, and I think we'll hear it, maybe tomorrow on, on the Midday 180, um, about uh, the degree to which it's important to Vrabel that uh, not just he, but his staff know everybody in the building, know the people who serve lunch and the security guards at the front desk and the janitors who clean up at the end of the day, to the point where he's quizzed some of those guys on who does this job. Um, so pretty important to him that they get those things right. And listen, it's not the most important thing, but all of those people work really hard for the team. And uh, some of those jobs are not very glamorous. And I think it's cool when the head coach uh, and the coaching staff know who they are and greet them by name and maybe stop and ask them a question or have a conversation with them. I don't picture Ken Wisenhunt as doing a lot of that. You know, maybe he did. But uh, the gruff coach who is all football all the time and can't have human interaction with other people who work for his franchise and try to do their small little part to have uh, 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 to factor into a team's success, that bothers me. So um, I think it's, it's, uh, it's a cool thing that he's doing. Another point that Vrabel made today that I thought was interesting, he said he didn't want to hang out with other coaches here. So he's eager to get here. I mean, he obviously – uh, greets people, sees people, a lot of uh, people congratulating him on getting the job, but that he's eager to roll up his sleeves and get involved with players. Obviously not allowed to be involved very much with players that are on his roster right now outside of uh, some some mild chit-chat in the hallways of the building, right, or, or coming across a guy who's lifting at the team facility. Uh, but these guys he can talk football with for for the time allotted to him and so he's excited uh, to be able to do that. And, you know, today was another step in us getting to know him a little bit. I talked to him in four different circumstances. So at the podium where he did his 15 minutes, which most coaches and GMs do here, then the Titans uh, PR staff accommodated a little bit of a spillover uh, at which print media talked to him additionally. Um and then he was with us on the radio. Uh, and before he was with us on the radio, I got to ask him a few, a few questions on my own for paulkuharski.com. That's stuff that you, all the other reporters didn't get at those um, two other uh, events. So uh, stay tuned for some of that. After we go to uh, members only section of this podcast, I'll talk you through some of what's coming out of some of those conversations. Uh, I'd encourage you to go back uh, on Twitter or through Midday180.com. You can find our interviews from Midday180 today with Mike Vrabel, with John Robinson, with Dirk Cutter, the head coach of 
uh, your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And with Sean McVay, uh, I was sad to have to miss that interview while I was dealing with Titan stuff. But with Ron Hutton, talked to uh, Los Angeles Rams coach Sean McVay today. Uh, and like you, I hope, I will be eagerly listening to that this evening uh, to learn more about what's going on uh, there and what he thinks of Matt LaFleur. Uh, one, one thing that I really like from Dirk Cutter, who uh, you guys know I'm a, I'm a fan of. Uh, I got to know him a little bit when he's an offensive coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, and we talked about him uh, famously really laying into Jameis Winston uh, on the sideline of a preseason game that, that was captured on Hard Knocks last year, telling, you know, Jameis, you, you can be such a great quarterback, and then you go and do something so stupid like with a turnover like that, and it just can't happen. Uh, so he was talking with us a little bit about Jameis Winston's development. And I thought this was an interesting coaching take. He said – um, he's waiting for the time when Jameis Winston comes back to the sideline and says, that was a horrible cut. That was a horrible call. And I just saved your butt instead of coming back to the sideline, having tried to make that horrible call work. Um, and so I, I like, I, it's interesting to me to see these kind of benchmarks for quarterback development for coach and quarterback relationships. And uh, that was one to me, uh, I thought was, was pretty interesting. Um, and, and I wonder if Jameis Winston will get to that point um, and do that sort of thing for, uh, for his coach. Uh, and obviously, Dirk Cutter needs that. The Bucks won, what, five games? And he may well have been replaced if, um, if John Gruden decided to go back to Tampa Bay instead of deciding to go back to Oakland. Uh, Cutter also joked when, when Hutton said, this is your first NFL ho- coaching job. He said, first and last. So uh, not imagining himself as a guy that would resurface if and when he's done in Tampa Bay. You never know. He could go on to great success at Tampa Bay. Um, and I hope he does because I think he's an honest guy uh, and a creative offensive mind. Um, we will see how he gets that team going and what they're able to do um, going forward. So, um, I want to talk about the, uh, the fullback uh, situation with the Titans, but we will save that until after, um, after our, our break here when we get to members only. We're also going to talk about um, Vrabel's intention to choose players over scheme, um, and, and we'll do that now. All right, he, he talks a lot. He was asked a question about Josh Klein. You know, and is Josh Klein better suited to do what they'll be asking their offensive linemen to do? I, I uh, frankly, I believe that that will be the case. If Josh Klein were to re-sign with the Titans, he's a, he's scheduled to be an unrestricted free agent. Um, I think he's pretty good on the move, better on the move than he is um, staying still and um, you know playing in in the more of a phone booth type situation, um, but. Vrabel said that they're not so much seeking players to fit the scheme, but seeking good players and then scheming to fit the players. And this is, as you guys well know, in every way possible, it is really, really different than uh, how Mike Malarkey operated. I mean, it was very, very much about the scheme from Malarkey and Robisky. In the first year, 
it worked reasonably well. And the second year, offensively, the wheels really came off because they were just so stubborn with the idea that if this is executed correctly, it works. And they didn't leave enough wiggle room for if it's not executed correctly. Usually, at least one of 11 guys on a football team gets beat on a play, is unable to do what his assignment asked him to do, and therefore something might influence the ball carrier, the passer, the receiver, the, the target, uh, whatever. And, and that was really a big piece of Mike Malarkey's downfall. And I think if Mike Rabel succeeds, it's going to be in large part because he's determined and his coaching staff heeding his instruction will be determined to scheme to fit the players and not so much to find the players who fit the scheme. Uh, this is not going to be a scheme-centric team. And I know that might sound weird, but let it soak in and consider it because I, I think it's a really good development. That said, whatever the new head coach of the Tennessee Titans was saying right now, odds are we would like it. I would be encouraged by it. I would see uh, good things uh, potentially to come out of it. But that's a big one for me. Um, also, Vrabel talked about, and, and Robinson talked about this, um, this idea that the – Robinson said when he was working in New England at the same time that Vrabel was playing with New England, that his job was to find somebody to replace Vrabel and to replace everybody on the roster. That's what scouts do, right? They, they go out and they find the next guy for you to draft or for you to sign that's ultimately going to end up on the roster. And he may not directly uh, nudge a guy off the roster or immediately, but in the long run, if that next linebacker they bring in can get good enough, uh, he could knock Mike Vrabel off the roster and make him expendable. And then Vrabel talked separately about this later, and I, I thought – kind of summed up the business of the league. You know, he said, our job, meaning the coaches and the executives, our job is to, um, to find younger, cheaper players to take your job. And your job is to make that difficult for us to do. That's a pretty good summary there of how things work. And Vrabel, that's why Vrabel said that he, he watched the draft as a player. He didn't hesitate to watch the draft as a player. Uh, his wife once he was recalling, uh, was telling him he needed to go out and do some yard work. And he said he'd get out there after, after he was done seeing what he wanted to see, but that he was anxious to see. And I don't know if that was in Pittsburgh or in new England or in Kansas city. Uh, but I, I would venture, I guess all three to see who was being drafted to potentially replace him and the guy that he would have to hold off if he was to continue to succeed. And so uh, I thought that was an interesting, interesting take. Um, let me tell you a little bit about paulkuherski.com, which is a steal at $5.99. Recently mentioned in the Washington Post or Washington Market has a, a new website um, that's covering several teams in the Washington, D.C. area and is similar to Greg Bedard's site in uh, Boston and DK's site in Pittsburgh. And I was mentioned along with those guys, which is uh, very nice of them. I'm different, obviously. Um, 
This is uh, a me site. It's a me on the Titans site. It's a me on things that interest me site, media, sports media, review. Uh, I'm going to write some about the Predators if they go on this big run that we're expecting. Uh, and, and a lot of other stuff throughout the offseason. But Titans-centric, certainly. 90% Titans, 90% uh, NFL. And you're going to get the institutional knowledge on this team that nobody else has as an independent journalist in, that, in or around Nashville. Uh, I started covering this team in 1996. It's last year playing as the Houston Oilers at the Astrodome, uh, where I can still remember the smell of the, uh, the kitchen fire. That, that there was in the press box kitchen there. Five ninety nine a month, or you can get 12 months for the price of 11 with a yearly membership. You're going to get the better end of the podcast like this, which we're going to go to in just a minute. You're going to get in a private Facebook group where you uh, converse with us, a, a, a small, tight-knit club. Um, and I answer questions there and you've got priority and my mailbag posts from there. And, and as I get to recognize you on Twitter, um, you get private Periscope slash Facebook live sessions. I did one, um, on, on, uh, late Wednesday afternoon. Um, and, and you get all access. There'll be occasionally unlocked posts. Uh, particularly out of out of events that everybody's ca- uh, everybody's covering. But uh, if you wanted to be the first person among the first people to read that Dick LeBeau wasn't going to be back as coordinator, if you wanted to be among the first people to read that Matt LaFleur was going to be the offensive coordinator, uh, I'm the place where you're going to get that. And so I'm convinced, and uh, and my membership seems to agree, that if you want to claim that you are a giant fan of the Tennessee Titans, well, you've got to have uh, New Jersey after the uniforms are unveiled on uh, April 4th, and you've got to have a ticket to the Patriots game or the Eagles game this season, and you've got to have you know whatever else is on your checklist. But I'm telling you, you are not all the way in until you're a member of paulkuharski.com. You've got to have a membership to paulkuharski.com as well. And that gets us, uh, I hope we're well into your workout or your commute. We'll take a quick pause now after that sales pitch. All of these broadcasts brought to you by Pickers Vodka, music to your mouth, handcrafted in Nashville. Again, I'm at the Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, uh, Indiana, courtesy of uh, 104.5 The Zone, my radio station, as my show is broadcasting from here, the Midday 180. I appreciate your interest, and I hope that if you're a member, you're listening to this through the site, and you'll go straight into part two. If you're not a member, you need to go sign up right now, get everything set, and then you'll have access to the other end of this. We'll be back with that in just a minute. The Paul Kuharski Podcast is a joint production of paulkuharski.com and Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit VocalNow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-Now.com.